Hello, hello, it's Brooke Bizard, and you're listening to the Naked Beauty Podcast. I'm grateful to be back talking with you all for another episode. It's been a really challenging couple of weeks. People are wondering how to show up for one another, how to help when you feel helpless, how to wade through misinformation, how to educate yourself, how to show up for your friends, and also how to advocate for people. I don't have any specific pearl of wisdom or solution for that, but I will encourage you to take care of yourself because that is what I have been trying to do these past couple of weeks, taking breaks as needed, educating myself, having conversations with friends, either friends that know a lot about the region or have family there or live there themselves. The digital world is a difficult place to navigate. And that's why real life connection feels so good and so affirming to me right now. And I had an incredible experience this past Saturday going to Sip and Slay LA. It's an event that Nana, who you all have heard on the podcast, she hosts these gatherings of Black women in media and entertainment and creative fields. She has really incredible people come on stage and share their story. She has opportunities for networking. It just felt like a really great safe space, like a warm hug the moment you walked in. I walked into the bar and immediately saw these two young women putting on their makeup and taking pictures. And they were like, oh my gosh, Brooke, Naked Beauty, we listen. We love. I mean, that was the first thing I saw when I walked in. I was like, oh my gosh, people are really out here listening to Naked Beauty here in LA and saying hello and introducing themselves. So it was so great to just meet more listeners in person. And I was also very excited about doing my first live recording since I've been in Los Angeles, being able to have a podcast discussion in front of a live audience takes on an entirely different dimension. And this was a very juicy, juicy topic. We knew that we wanted to talk about beauty. But if you've got creators having a conversation about beauty, how do you make it interesting? How do you make it stand out? And one of the things that as we were kind of developing the angle for this that came up was that as a Black woman who participates in beauty, who is a beauty creator and maybe works in beauty, anyone, any Black woman that is beauty adjacent has a very unique experience of kind of being the blueprint in a lot of senses. And when you are the blueprint, when you are the originator of many trends, you get copied. That is something that happens. And I think for all creatives, anyone with a career, you're going to experience disappointment. That just comes with the territory. But as you're on your creative journey, how do you let that disappointment fuel you to create bigger and bolder and more authentic? How do you use the fact that sometimes you don't get the recognition you deserve, or sometimes your original ideas are copied and pasted and, and brought elsewhere to hone in on your voice and your skill set? And something really honestly divine happened before I went on stage. I met an incredible creator. Her name is Michaela. I met her in the bathroom and someone said, you actually know her and, and you're going to see how, what you know her from. And I was like, this is perfect. I'm going to call on you when I'm on stage and we're going to have this conversation about the influence Black women have on culture. So you guys are going to hear that in the podcast. Give her a follow as well. Her Instagram handle is at Michaela did. I'll put it in the show notes as well. But Michaela is someone who has 44,000 followers. I'm looking at her Instagram profile right now, but the influence reaches the hundreds of millions. And that was another thing that I was really eager to tackle 
as you all know, I've worked at Instagram for the past four and a half years, nearly five years. And I understand a lot about how the creator economy works. And it's difficult to quantify your worth as a creator, specifically as a Black creator, because we know that our influence goes far beyond our statistics, how many followers we have, how many mentions we get, right? Our influence really is global. This was a particular topic that I was really eager to talk to these incredible women about. So I spoke to Cami Crawford and Darian Harvin about this. Cami Crawford is someone who's very visible. You turn on your TV, there she is. She's the co-host of MTV's Catfish. She's always hosting something. She was on the cover of Sports Illustrated. But with every success story, there is work behind the scenes. And it was amazing to hear her story of how she had to fight to get to where she is now and still has to fight at times. And Darian, I love talking to Darian. If you've listened to the podcast, I think Darian's been on like three different times. Darian and I, we could really talk for hours about the state of the beauty industry and what's happening in culture. Darian is someone who's very behind the scenes, very well respected amongst beauty journalists. And she's a creative who thinks very deeply about her craft. And I see all that she's building with Studio Simone and I know that she and I have had conversations about what it's like to be blatantly copied for your work and how do you recover from that and how do you bounce back? As I reflect back on this conversation that you all are about to hear, one of the takeaways is that when you're a creative or as you're striving towards something, whatever that is, you are going to have doubters, you're going to have setbacks, you're going to have an idea of yours being done by someone else and maybe they get the credit that you should have gotten. But how do you take that and rise above it and continue going and continue pushing on and just have that like grit and tenacity and willpower to see through your dream and what you want to make happen in the world. So without further ado, let's get into the live recording live from the West Hollywood Edition Hotel of Naked Beauty Live at Sip and Splay. You'll know real when you get it. It will say eBay authenticity guarantee and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like a gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things that you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Okay, I'm so excited, so, so, so excited for this next panel. And with this next panel, guys, we're gonna need you guys to be super quiet, because I know they be spilling tea, you wanna be like, yes, girl. But this panel is being recorded. Has anybody here heard of the Naked Beauty Podcast? Yes, guys, we are super excited. We are having our own live Naked Beauty Podcast episode here at Sip and Slay. We give it all to you guys. So without further ado, I want to introduce content creator, host, and founder of the Naked Beauty Podcast and moderator of this panel, Brooke DeVard. Next up, I want to introduce TV host and producer, Cami Crawford. 
as well as multimedia reporter and on-air host, Darian Harvin. Let's make some noise for these ladies. Everyone looks so good. So I'm so happy to be here with all of you. Oh, my name is Brooke DeVard and you're listening to the Naked Beauty Podcast. And I am so excited to be joined by these two incredible women and creators and people just really pushing the boundary. And we're gonna have a very frank discussion about what it is like to be a creative. If you saw the title of this conversation, it's that it's difficult to be the blueprint. <laughs> and so often we are. And it's great to be a source of originality. It's great to be someone of influence, but being copied can also be tiring, can also be hard. One of the things that I think about as black women, we have a lot of influence on the culture. So we'll create a TikTok dance. It'll be everywhere. But the person that gets to go on Jimmy Fallon to show the TikTok dance often is a white woman, right? How many of us know women, aunts, grandmothers who line their lips with brown liner and gloss, and then Haley Bieber does it once, and it's the brownie glazed lip tutorial, right? <laughs> so as black women, and, and our inherent originality, I think another thing I've come to, come to terms with, I've worked in corporate for a very long time. I left corporate after 11, 11 years in corporate to work for myself, yes, thank you. Stepping into our power and acknowledging yourself as a creative. I think oftentimes we think, oh, I, I have a job in marketing, or I work in finance, or I work in a non-creative industry, so I'm not a creative, but we are all creatives, and we all have to tap into that power that we have as creatives. And that is what I'm so excited to speak to you, Cami, and you, Darian, about. Oh, hi, everybody. Everyone looks so good. It's unfair for the rest of the world right now to not be in this room. I'm Cami Crawford. I am a TV host. I also host a podcast. I have three TV shows now, which wow. is crazy to think about. <laughs> it's been a long time coming, child. I host Catfish on MTV, X on the Beach on MTV, Are You the One on Paramount Plus, and then my relationship advice podcast, Relationship which I know a lot of you listen to, and I'm so happy. That makes me so happy. But yeah, I've been in this business for a long time. I'm a former Miss Teen USA. So yeah, I think, you know, it's been a journey, and I'm just happy to be here. Hi, everyone. I'm so happy to be here. Um, I'm Darian. I am a beauty and culture reporter. I focus on beauty at the intersection of politics and pop culture. So really what I aim to do with my work is continue to center our voices and continuing to interview and talk to people about what it means to show up the power of beauty as a catalyst, as creative expression, and as a means to express really who you are, but also the reminder that you are acutely aware of like the politics of your existence. So that's what I like to talk about. I actually started out working in newsrooms as a social media editor and news curation editor, was working at NBC, I've worked for Yahoo News, I've worked for Teen Vogue as BuzzFeed News. Growing up, my mom was a hairstylist, got really into writing about beauty, and realized once I got within the industry of beauty media, <laughs> that I could really bring something that I really wasn't seeing enough of was just this idea of what would it mean for me to report on this industry in a way where I was looking really, again, to center voices and to be someone who was talking about 
trends right as they were on the cusp of them. And so I've written for New York Times, LA Times, Allure, The Cut as well. I'm an author of Black Icons and Her Story, 50 Legendary Women. It's sold really everywhere, but and I also have Studio Simone. It is my budding beauty media platform that's focused on beauty culture and like the wildness of who we are and really like bringing fun back into like beauty and yes. feeling a little messy sometimes. Like I just love that. We love it. So I want to ask you all a question as the audience. By a show of hands for creatives in the room, how many of you have been copied or felt someone take something you did and then do it? Okay question more for my corporate girlies but how many of you have said something in a meeting and then someone else says it a little bit louder and they happen to be a different race and suddenly the point is heard all of a sudden you're like did I not just say that it's the hands shooting up for me the hands like, shooting up <laughs> right so my question for for you both is as a creative person as a person of influence you are going to influence others right you are going to get coffee but when it does happen, one, I want to hear how it feels for you when it happens. And I'd love to hear a specific example if you all are willing to share. Yes. And then how do you overcome that feeling, right? Because I think it's so important to not feel victimized by it, but to say, okay, let me take this as a teachable moment and refine my craft, hone in on what I really believe in and, and grow from this. So I'd love to hear whoever wants to start first. Yeah, I, I have a moment. So... When I talk about my, how I, my entryway into beauty and how I really started to just carve a lane that I felt it was unique to me because it was really unique to my interests. And I think that that is very important. You can be within an, indus an industry, um, especially within beauty, and there are so many different ways to be a beauty writer, be a beauty editor. I knew I wanted to be like a culture reporter within beauty. But also at the same time, because of what I knew about social media and about community from being a social media editor within newsrooms where like I was reporting on politics and what was going on at the White House. And I also needed to know what Kim Kardashian was doing as a black woman. So I say all this to say that I'm taking my skills and I started to curate beauty news in the sense of a newsletter, I was calling it beauty IRL, but I also started to do these specials and I was calling them beauty headlines. And so I was basically searching for news around beauty that wasn't just like on a beauty platform and wasn't just focused on like a beauty launch or a product or some sort of like beauty community YouTuber drama. I was like, oh, the Crown Act just got passed in this specific state. Or I was like, oh, okay, I understand right now that the FDA is going to start to pay more attention to the regulations around sunscreen and ingredients. Like, I really, or or I was reporting on, on Meg Thee Stallion and how we've been seeing her portrayed within the news, but also her own personal story. I started to see the quick beauty updates from specific podcasts on beauty news, or I started to realize that there were certain like podcasts that could not have me on their podcast because it would become pretty clear that all of a sudden, the recent beauty news segment that they added or this kind of idea around beauty updates that they recently had started doing was something that they clearly were seeing around them from this new girl who was starting to appear on their timelines because she was kind of reporting on beauty news like it was CNN. So I think that I realized that I started to see whether it was like infographics of like how it was curated or I recognized that there would be another newsletter that would start to do specific beauty news updates or it would be just like a certain tone that would be added or segment that would be added to a podcast 
I just started to realize that people were basically realizing that they could use my work as proof of concept for their digital agency decks. Mm. And I had had to learn that that's not something that I can control. And in fact, I think that I'm, I'm gonna close this out. The feeling, it's like a pit in your stomach, but when you zoom out, you kind of start to realize that you are actually already onto your next thing. And so I think that for me, I just started to realize it's not about me staying within beauty as, a, as my lane and as being a beat reporter in this way. It was more of like, Darian, you are creating the blueprint for yourself in a way that, just in a way where it's not about you being a beauty reporter or writer, it's about you being an artist, it's about you being a creative. It's about you expanding your skills and what you do to meet a moment instead of being a victim. I love that. And, and as creatives, you can grow and extend. Pammy, what about you? I mean, I don't know how I'm supposed to follow that up. Damn, no. Girl. Please, are you kidding me? Please, please, please. Please. You know, I think for me, I feel really blessed that I've been able to kind of carve my own path and make my own lane. But it didn't come without resistance, of course. And I think that you know, the whole cliche phrase that no one is you and that is your power is something that I've really had to hold on to as a black woman who works in predominantly white spaces with mostly white men at the you know top of these spaces. I have had several times where I have had an idea or I have you know expressed concern about something and I'm being met with, well, I, that's not what we're focused on not right now or an idea you're willing to share. Well, <laughs> you know, I've, I've got to get to the tea. <laughs> got to get to the tea. You know, it happens all the time. I can, I can share a moment where it wasn't necessarily where my idea was stolen. I would say my faith in myself was trying to be stolen by someone. Mm. I love the mm's. I love black people. <laughs> we are so dramatic. We've all been there. We've it's so been. good. I love it so much. So... <laughs> Back when I was first hosting, so I'm from Maryland, Maryland Girl. Yes. DMV in the building. Love it. Love it. I'm from Potomac, which now everybody knows where that is. Yes. But I moved here. I've been here for five years in LA. I moved here from New York. I was in New York for eight years, and I have been working to become a host since I was 19 years old. So it took me seven years before I got my big break, which was Catfish. And in that time, I was working, okay? I was on every carpet junket thing that you could do if they had a mic and a camera. I was trying to be there, and I wanted to be that person. And I got an opportunity to audition for the host role for this show for People magazine that they were doing. And I wanted it so badly because I was like, this is gonna be something that I can use for my reel, like this is gonna be a big deal. And I had a particular person on my team at the time um, that was pushing for me to do something else the same day as this audition. And I was advocating for myself, like, I need to be at this audition. Like, it's very important for my career. Like, I'm really passionate about my career right now. And I, I, this is what I want to do. This is what I feel like I need to be at. And he um, sent me back an email in regards to that and said, um, OK, well, when you're done with that, you're going to need to come into the office so we can discuss your career and put my career in quotes. Oh. 
so. thing right now. <laughs> um, How did you respond? I said thank you so much for your understanding. Because what am I going to say to you? I have nothing, we have nothing to discuss. At the end of the day, I'm going to this audition, and guess what? I did, with a sinus infection, and I booked the job. And I did it. <laughs> I did it for a few months, and it was amazing, and it did exactly what I needed to do. It was great content for my reels. And then, of course, you know, not after that moment, but after my big moment, which was Catfish years later, you know, I'm still being told by him, I always believed in you. So you I always... <laughs> I always knew that you could do it, Cammy. Oh, my God. You just... You always just... You always believed in yourself, and that's what I always admired about you. And I'm like, oh, really? I would have never been able to tell by the email that I still have right. saved. Thank you very much. history. And I could have allowed his doubt in me to... Mm -hmm throw me off my path, and right. I could have been like, okay, you know what, I want to appease you, let me just right. not do my thing so I can do what you want me to do, but I'm glad that I believed in myself enough to try. So I think that, that you know, while it's a different example, is a time when, you know, I had an idea of myself, and I was told something completely different. Not with resistance, and you persevered, yes. and you pushed through, that's beautiful. Yes, thank you. So much of being a creative is ha being in touch with your own morals and your own integrity, right? And not all money is good money. And I would love to hear from you both a time or an example that you've turned down a check, an opportunity, because of your morals. Maybe you found out someone else was getting paid more. Maybe you just didn't align with the brand values. But a time that you just said, you know what, I'm going to pass on this opportunity. This is going to sound crazy. I turn down money all the time. Happily. And I know that that comes with a sense of privilege, but also it's very intentional. It is way more important to me that the people who follow me and believe in me are seeing things that actually are aligned with my values and who I am as a person than it is for me to make money. And I think it's a very long-standing thing. I'm the oldest of six sisters. One of them is in the room, the one over here. She just moderated the last panel. And, you know, as the oldest of six, I've always had to have a certain level of responsibility. There's always been this, you know, role model title that has been bestowed upon me from a young age. And I don't take that lightly. And so I use the same logic when it comes to anything that I'm putting out. So if it's a brand that I'm aligning myself with or if it's a show or whatever it might be, if it's not completely 100% me, I'm completely 100% not doing it. And an ex exact example, when it comes to brand deals, because I, in addition to television and hosting, I do a lot of brand deals on Instagram. And brands reach out to me all the time, whether it's to send me gifting or they want me to do some type of collaboration, whatever. I have turned down thousands of dollars, tens of thousands of dollars, because I go on your Instagram and I mm. scroll down your feed and the darkest black person that I see is my color. That's right. unacceptable to me. Right. Or I go on your website and... I don't see anybody diversity. That's unacceptable to me. So I'm not here to be the only, you know, right. person. Like, the blueprint is great, but I'm not here to be their blueprint. <laughs> I want to see people that look like my sisters. I want to see people that look like everybody in this room. I want to see people that look like my friends. And that is more important to me than aligning myself with a brand who doesn't value that. So I'm happy to turn down a check yeah. if it means that, you know, we create right. change. And I've had back and forths with brands about it before. And I'm like, uh, this... <laughs> Good for you for speaking up. <laughs> and you. I think the thing that's interesting is it can be so subtle. There was a brand that I was going to work with to, to go to an event, and it was a very subtle thing in the notes on Glam. It said, 
no lashes, no acrylics. But the second I saw that, I sent it to my team. I said, is this, is this giving a little anti-black? And they were like, very much so. Because I thought about the fact that if, you know, your Kendalls or whoever shows up with lashes and acrylics, it's not going to be a problem. But for a brand to explicitly say, no lashes, no acrylics, to me, it just rubbed me the wrong way. I said, you know what? I will not be signing this contract. If it's no lashes, you will not be seeing me. (laughs) Exactly. But, Brooke, I feel like that really speaks to, like, when something doesn't feel right for you, you don't don't ruminate on it. It's like, no. Yes. Yes, or if you interact with the team and there are no people of color on the team. Like, it's, it's, there are small, subtle signs, and I feel like it's very important as creatives to listen to your intuition on that and just turn things down when it doesn't feel aligned. There will be more money. There will be more opportunity. Actually, even more so because you didn't do something that went against your morals and your values. So don't even worry about it. I just think like the next one's coming. It's going to be even bigger and it's going to be aligned with what it is that I personally believe in. Yeah. So important. Now, as creatives, you do have to distill your value down into numbers, right? We monetize our creativity. So if you're a podcaster, it's how many downloads you have. If you're an influencer, it's how many views you have. If you're a market editor, how many clicks are your stories getting, right? We have to distill our value down to numbers. But I think we know as black women that so much of our influence cannot be quantified. It is so beyond what is possible. I'm thinking about some trending audio. I'm going to I'm going to pass the mic to someone in a moment. But I want to hear from you around how you are able to quantify your value to brands, to partners beyond numbers, beyond a follower count because we know that you're some, you know, you are providing so much more than that. How do you engage in those conversations and quantify your impact and influence? This is such a hard question because it is a really hard thing to figure out how to do, but I would challenge you to say that you must and the reason why you must is because if you don't figure it out I'm not for sure when you will have someone step into your life who will figure it out for you still continue to struggle with it but I think always knowing how to present your work and how to talk about your work and how to drive home a point around what your strengths are in terms of like when do you click with people I know that I click with people when I meet you face to face I know that I click with people when I get on a Zoom call and you see like, oh, this girl has a personality. Like she's not just someone who's going to like robotically kind of give you something. I'm someone who really likes to be involved in the behind the scenes of the projects and the work that I do. And so I think that it's whether it's like maybe you're someone who even as a practice, how would you starting to create your own your own deck? starting to create something that presents your work and what you want it to look like. You might not figure it out right away, but get into that practice of understanding how do I present who I am in that way and use it, use it through proof of concept. You've likely already probably done the work. I find that about myself all the time. I'm going to do the pause and then I'm going to come to you. There is a woman here that I want everyone to hear from. Please raise your hands. You know who you are. Backgrounds. We're having this whole conversation here about black women and our influence and our, and our global influence on trends and culture. And I just happened to have been introduced to this amazing young woman here today. And I said, okay, what do I know you from? So I want you to say what people know you from and then introduce yourself. All right, here we go, y'all. Live in action. Girl, don't do it. It's not worth it. I'm not going to do it, girl. I was just thinking about it. I'm not going to do it. I did it. 
<laughs> and, and please, please introduce yourself. Please introduce yourself. Well, hi, everybody. I'm Michaela Did. I'm the girl behind the sound, the voice. I accidentally came up with this sound that kind of took over my entire life. I'm not mad at it, though. I'm grateful. I have you share because I just think this conversation about black women and our influence, right? Like, right. we all know this sound. We've all interacted with that, with that sound. Probably has billions and billions of impressions. I mean, that is just incredible. So kudos to you. Thank you for your contribution. Thank you. I'm going to ask you guys three very quick questions to wrap up, but I want to hear from you first about how you quantify your influence when it often gets distilled to just numbers. Yeah, I, well, I think I had to stop being happy to just be in the room. There were a lot of times, pretty much the whole top half of my career where I wasn't getting paid for anything because I was so happy to be there. I never even asked and no one of course told me that I could get paid to do all of these, you know, lifestyle beauty fashion segments on local news around the tri-state area and I was working my ass off literally. I was waking up at 3, 4 a.m., getting ready, packing a, a car, renting a car, packing the car with, you know, all these products and things like that to be able to go on TV and say, these are the best gifts that you should get your mom for Mother's Day or whatever. And I would drive two hours to New Haven, Connecticut, do my segment for literally five minutes, take a nap in the parking lot, drive back to New York City and do it all over again. And I loved it. I didn't know that I could get paid for it until after I stopped doing it. And <laughs> I found out from other white hosts, actually, like, you could be getting paid for this. And I was like, okay, well, it's too late now. But, you know, the payment will come. The money will come. But I even still now, at, at this stage of my life, sometimes I find myself being like, okay, well, let me not ask for too much because I should just be happy to be here. And no, me being here adds value for them. So I had to kind of come to that realization and, you know, put my big girl panties on and realize that, no, like I'm here because I've worked for it. I'm not here because, you know, they're doing me a favor. I'm actually doing them a favor. Yeah. I have a follow up for you about showing up as your authentic self online. I think you both are very good at just propping up the camera and just talking. Right. And it's something that I truly believe we all need to do to grow and to share ourselves online. You can look at someone's pictures all day long, but like you want to know who people are. You want to know what they're thinking. Cami, I watched a video you did recently. You were like, my life is just a mess right now. You're like, my lashes aren't done. My life is a mess. <laughs> There's something in the planet's happening. Like things are just not gelling. But it was very, you just, it was like we were on FaceTime together, mm -hmm. right? Darian, you do the same thing and you share kind of things that are top of mind. How did you get to that space? Because I hear from people all the time. I want to share online, but I'm afraid. I'm nervous. I'm afraid that people are going to judge me. I'm you know, I'm zooming in. I don't like the way my voice sounds. How do you get to the point where you feel comfortable showing up raw, just giving it to the camera as you are in that moment? Well, I think as a Scorpio, it's a very difficult, I have to bring this back to astrology. I am a very private person, but I'm also a very like, who gives a shit? Like, who cares? Who gives a shit? Who cares? At the end of the day, who actually cares? And why do I care so much about what it is that they're thinking mm. about me? having an authentic moment. So I just, and I've had several moments, even as up a, a few months ago, where I was like thinking too much, like overthinking a caption for a picture. Like who 
cares? <laughs> nobody cares. And I think when you realize that, I mean, of course, it sounds like doom and gloom, like nobody cares. But it's empowering. Yourself. Nobody cares. So, yeah. like, post the picture. <laughs> right. Like, why do we care so much about what other people think and how other people are going to receive us? The right people are going to get the right message. Mm -hmm. And that's all I care about. And me being my authentic self is the only way that I know how to be. I've literally built my career off of that. So why would I stop doing it? I'm going to keep doing it. Mm -hmm. And that's that. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. And we love it. Yeah. Exactly. Remember Snapchat? <laughs> <laughs> and remember how, like, raw Snapchat was? And even before then, it was, it, like, before it was Snapchat, I just think that I figured out really early on that maybe speaking to the camera could be, like, a, a cathartic experience for me. And... I think that I really leaned into tools and places like Snapchat or TikTok where it kind of just felt like I felt a sense of release, relief again when it felt like you could maybe show up on TikTok a little bit more rougher on the edges. And so I bring I say that to say that, like, who cares how you show up? I mean, care about how you show up. <laughs> but in terms of like if your eyebrows aren't done, if your hair right. isn't 100 percent, because I'm realizing that ultimately what people are looking for is your voice and your perspective. Yes. And like, I think that when you remind yourself who you want to touch, who you want to serve, how you want to use your gifts to do that, it gets a little bit more comfortable to be in front of mm. the camera. Yeah. And maybe start like with voice notes or like also remember that like you can record videos just for you. I know that we forget we forget that. I forget that. It doesn't always have to be for to post, but again, the practice of it like figure out maybe you're more podcast vibe. Maybe you like YouTube a lot more than you thought you would. Like just remember that being a creator has turned into such a career move, but like it was supposed to be fun first. The internet was supposed to be fun first. Yes. So, so easy it, to forget that. Yes. Mm -hmm. So easy to forget that. All right, these this is these are my lightning round questions. How have, how has your creative journey changed as you've changed? I think along with what we just said, I just started caring less and less and less and less <laughs> about how I was being received and just realizing that authenticity is what sells. Yeah. That's what brands are looking for. That's what the people who follow you are looking for. So lean into it. How did you tap into that self-love? My mother. Mm. Yeah. My mom is a... Jamaican Aries and she does not play about her kids. <laughs> she does not play. We grew up hearing every day how beautiful we were, how smart we were, how talented we were, how we deserve every single thing that we could possibly want. And I understand that a lot of people didn't grow up with that. They actually grew up with the opposite. And, you know, whenever I'm having a, a down moment, I get on the phone with my mom and sometimes I don't want to hear it because she she's like radical with her love. She's like... <laughs> She's like, what do you mean? We you're love moms the for that. Smartest. If you don't know that you're the smartest, then I don't know what I did as a mother. I'm like, oh, okay, I get it. So I think that's that's how. That's beautiful. Darian, what about you? How, how, how has your creative output changed as you've changed? I feel like, and to me, this goes back to the blueprint and like really being comfortable with like allowing yourself to really evolve. And I trust that this has already been spoken, spoken about in the room of just starting with really getting to know yourself first and your likes and dislikes and I'm can sorry, you tell I'm them about your pinterest board oh yeah okay that's a great way to talk about it so who's familiar with aliyah core 
TikTok Aaliyahcore. Okay, so we love we 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 love Aaliyah's interlude. So Aaliyahcore was all around like she created her own core, her own aesthetic, the moon boots, the ear puffs, and after that, so many amazing women were mobilized to embody Aaliyahcore. What it did to my brain was I said, oh, she created a core for herself. Couldn't I do the same? And so I created Darien Core, and I started to use the idea of that as a practice to go on Pinterest and to like literally create and to put together the elements of like what is the aesthetic of me and of Darian. And I think that if you're mm. really struggling to figure that out, it's a really cool way to 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 do that. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Really I love that. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm new to LA. Vaisha Pants, how many people have recently moved to LA? A lot of us. Oh. Yes. How did you find your creative community in Los Angeles? Ooh. That's a good question. I have, I, I can, I can, I'm looking at it. Which is the best part. I'm looking at it. This is the community. I am a homebody, so I spend a lot of time at the house. So I don't know. Yeah. I had a lot of people in my New York network connect me with LA people. Yeah. People in your network who you, who you trust. Who do you know in LA? Also, I love LA people who are from here. Yes. Just want to say that. Yes. I feel like all my LA people are my New York people. Yeah. Same. Same. Community is so important. It would it would not be an episode of Naked Beauty if I didn't end with this final question, which is, when do you feel most beautiful? I feel like my response hasn't changed a lot, but still relevant. I feel most beautiful when I'm just like fresh out the shower. It's just like me, my short hair. Like I just look cute. I did my face routine. Like I just love how I look when I get out the shower and just like I see me. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that. And everything shower definitely makes a difference. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. Are you guys going to judge me? We are. This is the safest space you could be in. I feel the most beautiful when I am in my little athletic wear outfit and I go to Home Goods in El Segundo because that's my favorite place and I'm <laughs> and I've got my little cart and I'm going down the aisles yep. and then I go take a little, you know, dipper dab at the container store and I get some organizing thing and I'm in my rising Virgo energy. Yes. I love that. I love that. <laughs> that is the most Virgo and like, when I'm in my workout clothes getting organized Love. Yes. for my home space. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing with all of us. Thank this you. was so beautiful. Thank you. You'll know real when you get it. It will say eBay authenticity guarantee and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like a gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things that you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. 
wasn't that such a great conversation? Hopefully listening to this made it feel like you were in the room with us. I had so many people that reached out to me and said, I wish I could have gone. I wish I could have been at the event. And I said, don't worry, you'll hear it on the podcast. So thank you to Nana and the whole Every Stylish Girl team for creating this space of Sip and Slay and for giving me the opportunity to have this very unfiltered conversation in a very safe space. Thank you to everyone who said hello. I love meeting the Naked Beauty listeners and just knowing that you all are out here just doing interesting things. Everyone who ever comes up to me and says they listen to the podcast is always doing something so interesting with their life and is always just so nice and kind. So I felt very filled up by this day and I was grateful for the opportunity. Thank you all so much for listening. I will be back next week with a new episode. And today's podcast was produced by B.A. Kasanga. If you haven't done so, please make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast. New episodes every single week, every Monday. Rate and review if you love the podcast. Share the podcast on your Instagram stories. You can always tag me at Naked Beauty Planet. Follow at Naked Beauty Planet too. I share lots of videos and clips and behind the scenes things. It's just, I love this community so much. And I thank you all so much for your support. Thanks for listening. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 